0: Well gather round everybody, it is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy, I'm here with Sean McGuire.
1: Hello. Hello Sean, how was your week this week? Oh it was so good, you can't even know how good it was. In fact, it was so good, the guys in our league started blowing up my phone claiming that this entire episode was going to be dedicated to me roster baiting. Um, it was that good. It was that good. It, like everybody got like 20, 30, 40 plus points. It was unbelievable. Um, and uh But you
0: wouldn't really do that, right? No,
1: no, no, only half the episode. Right, so uh, how how how'd your week go? Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, I had uh, you know forty
0: some points from Aaron oh, yeah. Jones. Yeah, tell me I, about that. Yeah, I had, um, <laughs> <laughs> I had 20, uh, 22, 23 points from Kareem Hunt. Oh yeah, yeah. I, give, give it to I me, <laughs> <had> James Conner.
1: <laughs> wow, I'm I'm gonna stop now. <sighs> feeling kind of dirty. All right, that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had uh, you know I had I had Dak. I had that d- decision: Do I start Dak or Josh Allen? I mean. Oh, <laughs> It was, that was a, a tough call. What a terrible decision! I had, yeah, I had Zeke. I had Miles Sanders come back. I had DK. I had I had, uh, I had uh, Scary Terry. I mean, it was it was it was it was wonderful.
0: So you, you're proving our league mates right right now. No,
1: because only we're, we're almost done. In fact, I'm done. I, I'm spent. <laughs>
0: you were, you're not interested anymore. <laughs> I'm
1: not. Yeah, I was interested. Really interested not interested at all anymore
0: <laughs> all right well today's episode we are focusing on what most people call trend and mirages we might call it fact and fo- factor folly I don't know we'll just make it up yeah we'll make it up we'll, we'll figure it out by the end of the episode but those things that we've seen over the last two weeks are they are they really how things are or, or is it just kind of a, a, a shooting star that's gonna right. go away? Uh, But before we get into that, we have a couple of bits of news.
1: Yeah. um, So I want to talk about two contract situations that I do think affect some values long term. Uh, The first is uh, Robert Woods got signed. Uh, He got signed for several years. I don't know where the Rams got the money. Um, Maybe they got some extra money by extending... Um, other players, etc. Earlier, but
0: they are acting like a team with plenty
1: of cash. Yeah, I, uh, they are now. Um, it's somebody's. It's going to cost somebody uh, sooner. But you know, like these 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 cap wizards figure out how to renegotiate something, extend somebody else, and they move move piles of money around. And they found a way to pay Robert Woods, who is a really important part of their team. I know there are a lot of people who think he's kind of a you know an average or above average receiver. We talked about him this summer. I think we were both. Uh, really feeling like he was a, a great, an underrated receiver that should, people should get on their teams, and uh, um, I still feel that way. It his contract extension matches Cooper Cup's contract extension. I think they both um, are, are uh, take up a, a pretty good chunk of cap, and, and I would expect them to play out those contracts. Hmm for me the question as an owner and somebody who's promoted van jefferson for a while i really believe in his talent um but there's a ceiling on his opportunities now because they found a way of paying cooper cup and robert woods and the question is is can how is he going to emerge as a top flight player in that team the flip side to that is you know um they were able to have Brandon Cooks be a productive player on that team with all three of them being productive for a while. So there is still opportunity there, but I think it does lower the ceiling on what Van can do. Um, Talent usually, you know, is the thing that ultimately makes the difference. I do believe in the talent. Uh, It's just going to be a lot harder to see a, Really big explosion out of them.
0: Sure. And then the Bears had a surprise contract extension during yeah, the season the, here with Tariq Cohen.
1: Because they're, in theory, A Rob wants a contract extension. The Bears have a long standing policy that they don't extend people during the season and then they extend a guy <laughs> that I don't know that anybody else really honestly cares about except for, again, Mrs. Cohen. But, um, uh, they extended him, and then the next game they he got he played thirty three percent of snaps and got like six touches, something like that. Uh, so the question is why him and not A. Rob? A lot of people are saying I think it's the Bears; they're terrible, poorly run franchise, terrible team. It makes no sense. I have a slightly different take. I think this it has to do with Marlon Mack hmm. because there's a guy that was playing out a year, didn't have a contract, had a catastrophic injury. And I suspect the agents of most running backs that did not have longer-term deals got a call from their clients and said, "Get a deal done." And I suspect the, the Bears basically said, "This is a guy we want to have around, uh, and we're going to do this uh, to to uh, you know make make people feel comfortable." Uh, they, they didn't give him a ton of money. I was gonna
0: ask you. I didn't I didn't know the terms of the deal. If it was kind of a low ball signing, I wouldn't or...
1: say it's a low ball signing, but it's it's not it's not a big money contract. It's just odd timing is really what it was. I, I don't know that I, I'm not a big treat going guy. So maybe if I was General manager answered the Bears, I don't give him that contract. But but ultimately, if he's you know they're there, they know the guy in the locker room, and uh, I think ultimately that's that's how that's my interpretation of it. It's I don't have any actual facts or like uh, insider take on this. I'm just reading the situation and I am certain that, you know, guys like Aaron Jones contacted their agents and said, get a deal done. And now that he's lighting it up, which we may, I don't know if we're talking about that, but there's going to be a lot of pressure in green Bay to give him a contract. I, I would expect.
0: Well, once again, we've managed to bury the lead. I think this this week was a crazy week for injuries. Yeah, speaking, well, we did. It was a transition. Well, th- yeah, well, well, transition. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, so, just Saquon Barkley off the top, uh, probably a top two we, pick in most leagues if yeah. you redraft. Of certainly, one of the best players in Dynasty.
1: Starter. Uh, if you're starting a Dynasty league, most people would have be taking him one or two or. Maybe three depending right. on, on what but like he's twenty three years old. Yep. So what uh what do we do with this going forward? So 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 if you're a Saquon owner, uh I, I've been thinking about this. And generally speaking, trading him is now doesn't make a lot of sense. You're selling low. We had a really interesting question on our uh, like our forum you know uh our facebook group uh that really ha- laid out kind of the the interesting questions you have to deal with when you are talking about a salary cap league because there are, if you're paying him money that's dead money now that you can't use any other way and depending on the structure of your rules you, you there might be a, a good case to be made to even cut him i'd I, It seems bizarre, but if you have him at a high salary and he's not particularly valuable compared to, you know, what he would go in free agency, then, then yeah, there's there's no reason to keep that, that dead money around. I, I think the, uh, the, the bigger question is, is strategically what to do. And I have my concerns on Saquon and my concerns about Saquon are he plays in a horrible team. There's, there's not, they're not a good offensive team and he's been productive in it, but this is his second year having a significant chunk of time being missed due to injury.
0: And, and has he, he really hasn't been very productive so far this year. I mean, I know it's a very small sample,
1: but yeah. And, and, and for me, it's a very small sample, but that team was bad enough. I think that he might've come out this year with kind of poor numbers, for him, and uh, and it might have kind of like hurt his brand a little bit. Right now, Saquon is still he is still like the gold standard for what you want in a fantasy running back in a in a dynasty league, and that hasn't changed due to his injury. Um, but that might not be the reality. The reality is now you have a guy with it with a bad with a bad knee, um, and he might come back hundred percent. He might be like AP and come back 110%. That's impossible, by the way. <laughs> My coach told me the same thing, too. But I also had another coach that told me that you know he expected 110%. So they, they needed to get on the same page. Right. Um,
0: Are you interested in Devonta Freeman? He's, he just signed with New York right he, before we, he did we started design, recording.
1: The question was going to be Deion Lewis or Devonta Freeman. That offense is not good. Mm-mm. And... Um, last time, uh, Saquon went out the backup, not particularly impressive. I'm just not, I'm just not a believer in that offense, uh, at all, uh, on the ground. I don't think they're going to be ahead in very many games. So, uh, Devonta Freeman, who's had a hard time getting paid by anybody, I don't think is going to come in there and change anything. Um,
0: yeah, I, I agree. I wasn't interested in Devonta to begin with or Devontae. Um, and, and in that offense I if for you're sure if you're, not if you're desperate
1: I mean if you're desperate you you just lost a big chunk of your offense and you don't your waiver wire is is pretty thin he might be a guy that you can patch in there and and get some run with but I don't know why I would trust him over Deion Lewis who's not an untalented player um, and is uh, so I, I think I, I view them as kind of Dean Lewis as being a um, a, very similar to, to Devonta Freeman with a little less wear on his tires. And uh, so I'm just not that interested in Devonta Freeman. Um,
0: All right. How about the Mostert injury? Well, let's come back to that one. The, the other really big injury we should, probably should talk about first. is The CM. other
1: guy who is one of the top two <laughs> players we well, be taken to most Probably
0: Rams. the top, but he's not out for the season. No, he's not. Uh, so yeah, uh, CMC, uh, out probably three to six six weeks or so with a high ankle sprain.
1: And we talked about high ankle sprains this summer with Bjorn. Yeah, it's a bad injury. No, it's bad. And it, and it, and it sounds when you get it when you actually hear about it, it's way worse than, than what you can imagine. Um, here's, here's what I, I did a little research on, uh, high ankle sprains. Uh, the average time lost in a high ankle sprain for a running back is over three weeks. So if you're a CMC owner, be surprised if you see him sooner than than three weeks gone, um, and but he's also not going to return the same. They average uh, about three points per game, worse uh, upon return from a high ankle injury. Now, so uh, CMC
0: will be getting only yes. about twenty four points a week. It still in- makes him <laughs> very
1: valuable, no doubt. And that was kind of what my point where I was going with this is. I, I, I I'm not like oh get rid of CMC, but bring his ceiling down a little bit. Again, this should, this should not affect your contract thing. It, it, this is not the same kind of structural injury that Saquon Barkley's is. I am concerned about Saquon Barkley long term. We just to bring that back, I would be looking this off season to, to consider trading him because his, his lack of a bad season in a bad offense will make his, he, the news reports are going to come out that he's going to, he's healthy, ready to go. And people are going to be bringing up how Adrian Peterson came back and ran for two thousand yards. The odds of that are very, very, very small. And if you can sell him for the same price you could have before this year, next year, I would, I would really seriously consider doing that. Um,
0: oh, Rahe- right.
1: Raheem Mostert,
0: yeah, Mostert. Is there, you know, do we do we chase McKinnon or uh, Coleman Well, he's? He sounds like he's not going to be out for all that long. Um, so maybe it's not worth chasing any of these guys, but McKinnon's been pretty productive these first couple of weeks. Maybe yeah. this is another a nice segue into the trend mirage. Uh.
1: Yeah, I mean McKinnon is has has provided some value, and there have been people who have loved Jerick McKinnon. I have not been one of them. I see when when he was with the Vikings, I saw a guy that didn't have any, didn't really have good vision, and so he just seemed to kind of get what his body would give him and he's an athletic guy but like he 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 didn't I didn't see him setting up blocks well um and so I just didn't see him as a guy with great vision uh also I I suspect that his uh he can't run as fast as Raheem Mostert we did talk about his uh I don't know fastest Whatever,
0: I don't, yeah, with the, It was just a next-gen stats that he hit 23 miles per hour on his 76-yard
1: run in week one. And his first run of this game, I think, was was a similar long-distance touchdown, and he apparently topped that record. So it does make you wonder, with all these people paying all this attention, how does a guy like this like go to training camp every year and nobody for year after year after year nobody thinks of him as as like potentially the guy until he randomly gets an opportunity when he's 27 years old. It's, it just kind of, to me, tells me maybe all these guys know only a little bit more than what we know. So once again, I feel like I still got a shot <laughs> playing in the NFL. You're a lot older than that, my oh, friend. No. Yeah, you're right. All right. Should we get into
0: it? Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, we've got, I think it's about 15-ish or so uh, situations in the NFL over the first two weeks. That could be a trend.
1: We might we might have to cut it short. It is my wife's birthday. Right. so
0: <laughs> We might have to get going. <laughs> we might be seeing a trend here or it might just be, you know, like I said, a shooting star that you don't want to chase. But um, first up, Uh, Sean, Josh Allen looks really, he looks like a beast
1: right now. Is he actually an elite fantasy beast? So he's had crazy stats through the first two weeks. He's the number one, at least in our scoring system, which is pretty similar to most others at the quarterback position. Uh, he's the number one fantasy quarterback through two weeks, averaging over 30 points a game. Uh, first game, basically he had a 300 yard passing game. He had a, a big production on the ground. Uh, the second game, mostly through the air, well over 400 yards passing. Um, he, he looks, and I talked about this a little bit the last week. The entire offense is going through him. So here's here here are the warning signs. For that to me looks really good. He I've seen a lot. There's a lot of dangerous passes that he's throwing, and and they're getting completed right now. Um, but he's played the New York Jets in Miami. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that is going to hold up. I think some of those dangerous passes are going to get, at least at least, become incompletions if not interceptions. Right. Um, he hasn't been a guy with a ton of interceptions, but but I I, I do think he's going to feel a little emboldened. He's going to get a little of that Brett Favre syndrome where he thinks he's he, he can just fire a football through a through a wall, you know. Um, and he's going to be playing the Rams in Vegas and Tennessee all of whom have legitimate NFL defenses, unlike the Jets and Miami, which is just bad football teams. Uh, so for me, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to say slow your roll, breathe, enjoy it. But it's it's a mirage. He's still he's still going to be a very good fantasy football quarterback, but I don't expect him to be 30 points per week guy this entire season. Uh, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I I agree. He's I don't think he's gonna finish the season number one. I I think he'll finish as a top twelve. And,
1: and sure. there are, there are I think five quarterbacks right now who are all in a pretty tight group. I mean it's two weeks, but it's he's I I think when you at the end of the, the, end of the year there's going to be a group at the top, um, and he's going to be outside of that top group. He'll be in that next year. Very good quarterback. I just don't think he's going to be quite there yet. Um, all right, next question. Is Mike Gusecki a superstar?
0: Well, he started a little slow this year. I think his first game was three receptions for 30 yards, something in that neighborhood. This week looked a lot better. Uh, he had 129 yards and a touchdown. He is getting, so far this year, 21% of the target share. Um, and he's running from the slot seventy nine percent of the time when he's on the field, so he's really playing a wide receiver in your tight end slot. So I do like that. So you've got this athletic guy. He's on the field. He's getting targets. I do feel like it's too early to call him a superstar. However, I mean there is that week one performance with thirty yards, um, but he's definitely
1: maybe the quarterback is it part of the problem?
0: Uh, maybe. Possibly, but uh, I just think that's kind of going to happen with him at least early in his career Mm -hmm. where he's probably going to have these huge games and then kind of disappear in other games depending on who's throwing the ball or which defense they're playing against. Um, But he's still a guy I'm interested in. I was high on him this summer, and he's done nothing to to suppress that excitement for me.
1: He had a couple catches that I thought were just – very very elite looking catches not just he's open they throw him the ball but but plays that he made that that 95 of tight ends aren't going to make so i i'm i'm a little more bullish on him than you i think i think he is getting to he's going to very quickly be into that that conversation that we have i'm with your you know your kelsey's and your kittles and your andrews's and your maybe Zachary's is depending on how you feel. Um, I think that he's going to be, it's going to be pretty, I think that's the direction where where he's going.
0: He did. I think his touchdown this week was against an all pro, uh, defensive back. And it was a, it was a nice catch. So, um, yeah, definitely. He's a guy,
1: especially, uh, I think once they, went, I shouldn't say, especially you put a rookie in there, it changes everything. Right. But I, I do believe in Tua, um, long-term as well. So I, I'd like, I guess I don't know if his numbers will go up or down once Tua comes in, but I think it's a, it's a good thing that they have a talented quarterback ready to go. So there's some continuity for him as well.
0: All right. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum from a really young guy to kind of an older guy is Cam Newton, the superstar that he looks like.
1: Well, first of all, he's not, he's not as old as you think. He's only 31 maybe. Yes. Um, which uh, he has the body of, you know, I think he's his injury history is mirrors mine and I'm not thirty-one. Um he his his he's averaging thirty points per game. He's got four rush touchdowns in, in, in uh in two games. That to me really kind of screams unsustainable, right?
0: Except he's getting every carry when they get down on the goal line.
1: And this is the thing. So one thing I've learned from watching Bill Belichick is what he does is he will he is really good at maximizing what he has on the field. The truth is that there is not there's not a single running back in New England's roster that that is worthy of f- being featured, right? Like you can argue that maybe Damien Harris can be pretty good, pretty good running back. Maybe Sony Michel can if his knees okay, maybe he can but, but Burnett, none of them are, are Nick Chubb. Right. None of them are, are a guy that that is gonna that really well, you can just Chubb's pretty
0: bad on the goal goal line too. <laughs> but, but,
1: well or has been. Yeah. I'm still saying they're not Nick Chubb, right? So so uh they are in the NFL parlance pretty average players, average to below average, I think. And Cam Newton is kind of a freak of nature and Bill Belichick has decided to When they get down on the goal line, he's not doing what everybody else does. So what everybody else does is they they might go big or they might go spread and try to maximize matchups or maximize individual players' talent. What he does is he goes really big. He's, so he goes big, and for him, big doesn't mean, okay, we're going to bring in three tight ends, and you know we've got a fullback with the running back, and we're going to do a play action on the goal line. No, he's like, screw this. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you seven offensive linemen, and I'm going to give you two tight ends and a fullback. We're not going to go with it. We're we're you know, why do we want to put in Sony freaking Michelle? you know when i can go when i can, when i can go with the 10 largest humans on my <laughs> on my uh, player or in my in my roster it. yeah and then cam newton and just let cam figure it out and most of the time, if 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 he follows like the the play design he's unstoppable because cam himself is huge um i i know there was he got stuffed on one of them um i but he if he had Zigged instead of zagged, he scores there too. And I, so I look at this and I think, I think Bill, Bill Belichick takes advantage of things that he thinks the rest of the league hasn't figured out yet. And one of the things is if you get Cam Newton, don't treat him like a regular quarterback, treat him like the beast that he is. So does Cam Newton get the question people should be asking is, Cam Newton get 20 rushing touchdowns this year? Whoa. I don't think it's insane. I don't think it's insane. So I expect for Cam to to have a great year as a running back, as a goal-line player. The receivers, other than Julian Edelman, they're all really mediocre. I know you had a, a take on Nikhil Harry. Um,
0: yeah, I just, uh, in watching this game, I was just like, this guy just looks plodding. Like, yeah. he just looks slow. Um, I mean, Slower if,
1: than J.J. Ortega-Whiteside? Or?
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I would just... I would not be afraid to move him if you can get something for What would Harry, you what
1: would you give him up for? Like if you if you would you take a second rounder in twenty twenty one? I I would God, too. Man.
0: It's tough 'cause you spent you spent probably a top six pick on him. Yep. Probably a top draft. three pick. But you're you're uh you're cutting your losses there. I, I think I would take a second rounder for him.
1: Especially in, in the next year's draft class, which should be pretty deep. I would yeah. be I would I would take a second rounder for Nick Hill Harry right now. Yep. All right. T.Y. Hilton I took a look at him Is he in trouble?
0: I think Well I'll give you my My verdict here At the end He He's <laughs> dropping balls And that is not T.Y. Hilton like He's already dropped Three Three passes In the first two games He dropped a 44 yard Touchdown yeah. uh This past week That could have uh, It couldn't have been Thrown better It just hit him Right in the hands Um Now I was thinking, also, he only he saw five targets this last week, and I'm like, Paris Campbell's out. Uh, he should just be seeing targets right and left. I went and looked at the passing uh, numbers for Rivers, though, and that was a 20% target share. Yeah. So he, he's still being targeted. He still is gaining separation. He should have caught a touchdown, a 44-yard touchdown, and we probably wouldn't even be having this conversation. So... I'm not that ready That leaves
1: to... that leaves two other drops by the way. Well, maybe. Is <laughs> <He's> down. Maybe. You <laughs> forget that one. Yeah.
0: I'm not ready to give up on Hilton yet, but I'm definitely concerned.
1: I am ready to give up on Hilton and I'll tell you why. Um I don't think that that passing offense is 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 suited um to him and I think they if if Campbell comes back in a reasonable amount of time. I think that's the direction they want to go. I think they want the guy who can catch a pass from Philip Rivers five yards downfield because that's about as far as he can throw and can do something with the ball at that point in time. Um, and my recollection is, hey, Chris Carter was a pro bowler one year. The next year he just dropped passes. I feel like oftentimes that's the first sign. Okay. So Hilton is older. Um, He's still um, fast. I think he still still gets open. He's still a good route runner, um, but I would, for me, it's it's a it probably depends on need. If you've got him, um, you know, signed for a while, I would probably presume that maybe your usage of him might be shorter than your contract. I, I you know I, I think you got to hold on to him if you if you need him to, as a starter or something like that, but. Um, but I would be nervous, and I would be looking for an opportunity to move him.
0: All right, so Jonathan Taylor has a giant opportunity that's opened up for him at the expense of uh, Marlon Mack. Uh, is he an every-week starter, Sean, or
1: maybe even an every-week RB1? So I read uh, uh, somebody who I, th- I think is a, a really well-respected analysis analyst, analyst who uh who basically said he's a top five running back for the rest of the year and i thought that made me think okay all right where how do i feel about him because um the reality for me is i have a different opinion um he got 100 yards against a terrible vikings team and when i say terrible we're here we're they're a terrible football team i hard to watch right now it's Jets esque, right? Like we we might be tanking for Trevor in Minnesota here right now. But we're not smart enough. Yeah, I know we're not smart enough to do it, so we won't. But um so that hundred yards, however, he was three point eight eight yards per carry, which Mm. which is not impressive. No. Um and it's a lot of volume. And uh it's especially not impressive when you have like one of the best, if not the best, offensive line of football. And I watched uh, they were giving him the first three yards. He was getting 0. 0.88. I mean, that's not a statistic. That is just, I'm watching it <laughs> and I'm watching them push our our defensive front three yards down. And then I watched Jonathan Taylor plow right into the first guy time and time and time again.
0: Well, that's like an extra two feet or. Yeah, it's. Or even yeah, over.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it is an extra two that feet. That he's getting on his own. Which is. Um, Uh, which now I'm thinking, okay, so you can't possibly be calling him an RB1, especially you consider, okay, Naheem Hines wasn't used, but it was a blowout. Um, And then you start thinking, okay, against Jacksonville, he averaged less than two and a half yards a carry. In his limited work, Marlon Mack is averaging over six yards a carry on pace for a um, 220-yard rush and receiving game, and then look at what you know what Jonathan Taylor does. So I see those as troubling signs for his talent. Now he's young and he can learn. Um but I do think he just runs right in where he someone points him in a direction. He runs really fast in that direction and plows into whatever. And in college you'd break free all the time and, and bust long runs. In the NFL it's gonna be more difficult. That said, the question is about this year. And in the next month, he plays the Jets, Cincinnati, and Detroit, who are terrible rush defenses. And then he plays Cleveland and Chicago, which are terrible teams. They might have better defensives, but they're, but they're, they're not good teams. If you look beyond that, overall, it's a cake schedule. So I would say RB1 for this year is a trend. I think he i think he's by the end of the year the volume is gonna be there and he's gonna he's gonna have some huge games in the next couple next couple of weeks if I have him however I might try to i might pay special attention to the games in November when he plays Baltimore and Tennessee twice and see against real defenses what does he what does he do and if he struggles in those games i would i would consider uh, trying to sell high on a guy like Jonathan Taylor because I do see – I'm not seeing the, the the short area quickness that w- I think will lead to him being a, a productive running back in the NFL long term. Uh, how about James Robinson? Is, yeah, James- he, is he an every week starter? So James Robinson's a guy – if
0: you follow me on Twitter, I was pumping him up uh, – a week before the season or a week or two before the season that he was a big reason that Jacksonville felt comfortable letting Fournette go. Um, he's all he's done is walked in, taken basically every carry and through two games and produced with it. Um, he's clearly the bell cow in Jacksonville. Um, and on top of getting volume, he actually has shown some athleticism. He's He's got a little wiggle. He's got some power. He's got some hurtling. Uh, yeah, I love that hurdle. Talent. Um, so I I think at least for the year, I would call this a trend. Um, and you probably landed him pretty cheap if he's already on your team. And then you can sign him. Well,
1: and... unless there's like in our league, we had a, a wild bidding war on, uh, on him. And somebody just had, I think they cut somebody significant or they, oh yeah, they cut Fournette <clears throat> the guy in our league cut Fournette actually, which was a little crazy, but right. one of the, one of the, he went after a couple of pieces and one of the pieces he went after was James Robinson. Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, whether the wisdom of cutting Fournette, we can get into that later, but, um, I think, uh, I'm, I'm a believer in what I've seen. And I, I'm not going to pretend I've watched every single all 22 plays and, and, and I can tell you everything about James Robinson's uh, college career. And I haven't looked at the high school tape, but he, uh, uh, he, he, what I've seen is impressive little things like that hurdle. His yards per carry that week were not that impressive. He got a lot of carries, not a lot of yards, but that's like a, uh, just a high level athletic play that not everybody can do. And he did it and uh that to me sells me on his overall athleticism so the fact that nobody in the NFL saw it coming well no no one in the NFL knew that Raheem Mostert was as talented as he is as he is either so that doesn't that doesn't scare me so my eyes tell me that James Robinson's a legit player and that he's going to be good this year and that he's probably going to be good for several years
0: all right Well, what do your eyes tell you about Herbert in, uh, <laughs> in Los Herbert. Angeles. Yeah, Justin Herbert. Is he a legitimate starting? Now, this is probably a little early to be even talking about a trend or a mirage since it's one game. but
1: Yeah, it's true, but it, it, it also depends on whether he gets an opportunity to play but the story on Herbert, and most people probably know this, but he, he wasn't told until one minute before kickoff.
0: I heard it was after the coin flip. It was
1: after the coin flip, that, yep.
0: That the coaches found out that, uh, and I've been hearing it as Tyrod Taylor. I had no idea I was pronouncing his name wrong. Tyrod? Tyrod.
1: Are you pronouncing something wrong? <laughs> <laughs> what? Car- carry on, my friend. <laughs> so uh, I probably do. I, you, you, have you been saying Tyrod Taylor.
0: Well, yeah. Okay. Like... I
1: think I've been saying that too, actually, but only because of you. So it's your fault. Right. Whatever. So he he uh, he, he the the backstory is bit more or less that Taylor got an, an injection uh, to deal with a rib injury, some kind of steroid injection or something like that, and he had a reaction to it that m- made him go to the hospital. Um, yeah. Thank God he's okay. Right. But. Now you understand why Herbert had no idea he was going to play. He goes in there and plays, and what does he do? He looks unbelievably good. Yeah, talk like,
0: about poised and finding out you're not, that you're going to play like a minute before the game. And I gotta say,
1: just watching watching Hard Knocks and seeing him with his like little little man bun. I just didn't expect that kind of professionalism where he was ready to go and knew everything and and directed the offense as efficiently as he did. You expect that out of Joe Burrow who knows from day one he's going to be the starter, but this guy was ready to go. And uh the most the more impressive thing that I found uh out about later was that he played most of that game without his starting center, you know, uh who was a pouncy and you know they're always good. And he and he lost his left tackle in the first quarter, so he played most of the game without his starting center and left tackle, and he still threw for three hundred yards in his first game. Wow! And it could have been a lot bigger. He he missed uh, Mike Williams uh, on a deep throw that uh, he, Williams hit the cornerback beat, and uh, and the throw was a little behind him, so the cornerback was able to get back in the play. But um, so for me, that's all very impressive. Now on the flip side. The defense didn't have a chance to prepare for him, so you have to think about this in terms of okay, well maybe he surprised them, and we've seen guys who are backups who suddenly look really good because the defense hasn't prepared right. for him. But yeah, there's also true. there's also no book on him. So what right. kind of what kind of defense do you have for for Taylor that where you're suddenly like oh well it's a totally different script for this guy who's just bigger, faster, stronger than than Taylor. You can't defend against greater athleticism. Maybe they could have tried to fool him with different looks that they didn't think that Taylor would be get would get fooled by because maybe Taylor's a more savvy veteran. They don't expect him to get fooled by this. Maybe maybe that's the kind of thing that could happen. Um I don't know. We might not find out though. Lynn seems to be sticking with with, with Taylor. Um I don't think that's gonna last. Um, you know, that that's I think Justin Herbert showed me a lot more in this game than I would have. I mean, like if that was a Vikings quarterback as a Vikings fan, I would have been like, this is, I mean, I am in heaven. We finally got, you know, a franchise quarterback. I would have come to that conclusion immediately as a, you know, Vikings fan and the fact that we've been lost in the woods for 40 years. But I don't know. What do you think?
0: So for, well, I, let me ask you first. Trend or Mirage? It may, maybe not for this year. It sounds like he may not even continue starting. But um, do you see him as a, a a legit a trend for the career? Is this a legit QB going forward?
1: I think it is. I think I think the I, I think I've already seen enough. He's already impressed me more than than a lot of like compare what you just saw from him with what you've seen from Sam Darnold. Right. I'm mean, yeah. just using him as an example of a guy that people are still like, well, maybe he's going to be good. That, that to me is, is, uh, is, um, a, a really, really positive sign. So if you, if you have Herbert, um, great. If you don't have him and you're looking for a young piece to build around, maybe somebody who's willing to, to give up something, uh, is willing to give up Herbert for something of value, depending on your situation, um, but he's he's a guy that I would like to to build a, a franchise, uh, the team around. Okay. Next question, Deontay Johnson. Is he the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh?
0: Well, he sure looks like it right now. Uh, this week, he had thirteen targets, caught eight of them for ninety-two yards and a touchdown. Last week he had ten targets, so he's seen twenty three targets through two weeks. That's a thirty one percent target share for his team right now he's He's basically getting the ball a one out of every three passes that are thrown so that's that's impressive by comparison. Juju has only seen fourteen Who? targets over that time. <laughs> Which is only a 19% target share. So just by those numbers, if, if you had no idea, if I gave you, like, here's receiver A and receiver B, who's the stud? Right. It's clearly Deontay Johnson, at least so far. Um if you go back to last year, Sean, I think you brought this up uh, on maybe an o- our overrated episode. I, you have not been a Juju fan. You were talking about the receivers that were on the team with Roethlisberger out last year, mm-hmm. and who who stepped up, yeah. and basically not Juju. It wasn't Juju. So now Roethlisberger's back, and Deontay Johnson is killing it. Is he the wide receiver one for Pittsburgh going forward? I'm gonna say yes. I could be wrong, but I'm gonna say yes.
1: <laughs> I, what do I, you think? I I I actually I I think you're ahead of the curve on this. I agree. Juju is is getting a lot of. He's also also getting a lot of volume. Um, he you know he fourteen yeah, targets
0: nineteen percent is not no no and, and to fourteen
1: targets at. in two games is 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 solid he's catching most of them if I remember rightly and, and, you know, he's averaging, you know, a couple yards per, per target. Um,
0: (laughs) well, I, I mean, cause he's,
1: cause he's seriously, his, his lines are like seven catches for, you know, 32 yards. Like that's fine. Um, and that may change with a guy like chase Claypool kind of make scaring people deep. Um, the guy that I, I'm really worried about is Washington, honestly. I yeah. I, I, I have not – I poo-pooed Juju. <laughs> I did not plan that, by the way.
0: I really but, like it, though. I
1: know. I poo-pooed Juju this summer, not because I think he's a bad football player, but just because I think he's overrated. And I think what he is is he is an effective slot receiver that had massive numbers with Antonio Brown on the field. But Deontay Johnson, I know this is going to sound terrible, but he's the next – antonio brown he's not antonio brown whoa yeah no no but he's the guy who is going to is going to be used downfield that's what i mean to say about about it he's going to he's the guy who's the good route runner who is going to get open all over the field free up the middle and then you're going to see chase claypool as uh oh my god i'm blanking on his name who's the guy you get busted for for drug usage and whatnot uh whatever. On the on the current team? No, like like about three, four years ago on the Steelers. I don't know. Yeah, yeah whatever. This is gonna sound terrible. <laughs> Bodie had on his team and he and he wouldn't stop talking about him. Any rate. Oh, I know uh, who you're talking about yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So
0: <laughs> I can't remember his name, but I, I, I at least know who we you're are, talking we about. He's really,
1: really smart. But uh or Martavis Bryant. Bam, got it. Boom. So that's that's what Claypool's role is gonna be, which is also good. So Deontay Johnson, I think he's very talented, and I think he has a very similar skill set to Antonio Brown. I'm not saying he is Antonio Brown.
0: Well, I'm actually taking notes over here. So far, I've got Minshew is the next Brady, and then Johnson is the next Antonio. <laughs> I, I did Brown.
1: Minshew Brady twice, by the way. I
0: oh, know. <laughs> okay, got it, I got it in my little black book over here.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, that's <laughs> that's gonna make me sound ter- terrible, but that's okay. <laughs>
0: All right, moving on um in Dallas mm. is this an elite offense mm-hmm. and maybe more importantly is Dak the QB1 this year he just had a 40 point
1: game he did uh so here's so here's uh that's a good question uh, I do think it's an elite offense I think they have shown um that they can score on a good defense like the Rams and uh, maybe questionable defense in Atlanta. But, um, but they can, they, 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 that comeback was epic. Right. And, yeah. uh, and so I, I think they've got all the pieces to have in elite lead offense is deck. The QB one. There's a lot of guys who can vie for that title. I think he is a candidate for that title. They're, are are about five guys that I think could finish as the QB QB one. I think Dak is one of them. I might have picked him to be the QB one, or maybe you did. This I I have in places. I know I I've when I've kind of
0: been asked to throw a QB one out there. He's a guy I've chosen.
1: Right. Yeah. I, so I think he, I think the 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 it, on the plus side, I think he's just discovering what CD Lamb can do, and CD Lamb has already sold me. Right. Uh but I do think you know we have two games. The Atlanta game was a huge game, but that's a really odd situation. The Rams game may be more similar to what you're used to, which is that offense is very productive. There's a lot of scoring heavens in that offense. His fantasy numbers were good; they weren't unbelievable. Um, so, so I think that I think that's a question, but. I mean to actually pick him as the QB one. I think he's on the short list. Is that maybe is that a trend?
0: Sure. Okay. I'll take that as a trend. I
1: think all year long you're going to be very happy to have Dak Prescott on your roster. How's that? Yes, I agree. All right. That's not going out on too much of a limb. No, it's kind of a it's kind of a (laughs) soft take. But is uh, okay. Next question: Leonard Fournette, is he the running back to own in Tampa?
0: Um, Should I answer first and then give my reasons, or wait till the end?
1: I don't know, man. I think, I think that's artistic license. You get to do what you want to do.
0: Um, Well, I'll, I'll, I'll paint the narrative first and then give my answer. So um, Rojo, we've talked about him
1: a lot. And we've Uh, been pro Rojo. Generally. Generally. um, You less so than Bodhi and and which, and me in the middle. But yes. So on Sunday,
0: uh, Rojo scored an early touchdown. Things are looking good. Then shortly after that, he, there was a fumble. Uh, it sounds like there was just a mix-up on the exchange between him and Brady. I was
1: not able to see. I did not look at it slow motion to see who's actually at fault. But if 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 it's you and Tom Brady, it's always your fault.
0: Exactly. <laughs> um, so Rojo was quickly benched after that. Fournette comes in in relief, and uh, he was productive with his shot. He he posted 116 total yards and a touchdown. Uh, with his chance that that he got there with the fumble, um, it just seems like Arians has been always looking for a reason to bench Rojo. Now he he had a couple reasons this game uh, with the fumble, and then Fournette comes in and and just takes the ball and runs with it. So uh, is Fournette the back tone
1: in Tampa? The answer is yes. Yeah, that's a trend. I think I think uh, I I actually think I'm with you on this. I. I I think it's going to be murky for the next few weeks. Um, Fournette coming there changed the changed the landscape and changed my perspective on it. I didn't think that it was going to be instantaneous, and if had he not had the fumble and whatnot, we might have seen a, a slower transition, um, or maybe no transition at all. If I, I think what I said was I think Rojo was going to get the first crack, and if he... If he does well with it, you're not going to see much of Fournette. Well, that's already that we already we're already past that point. We're already past that point. So I think the question is, once you see Fournette and you see the, see what being bigger and stronger and all those things that that happen uh, that that can that can come with that, I think it's going to be hard to put him back on the bench.
0: Yeah, the quote from Arians was uh, back in early September when they first acquired Fournette was. um Rojo's our guy. Nothing's changed. He's going to have to do screw something up to lose this job. <laughs> so, I mean,
1: it's tough because it's like the the, the exchange, yeah. you know, is not always the running back's fault. And, again, I, I'm not going to say I, I watched it in super slow-mo. And, but, you know, it's Tom Brady, and Tom Brady is going to for sure not be blamed for. Although, you know, I, that, on the flip side, you know, Arian seems to be, perfectly fine with blaming Tom Brady and, and and that was one of the things that we we scratched off the list and 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 how he seems to be just fine with with pointing fingers at at Tom Brady and uh Rob Ryan I think responded back by saying like well, maybe you should have, you know, designed uh, an offense that suits your players better. Why is Rob Ryan commenting? Why does anybody on this? care about what Ryan Rob Ryan has to say about anything? <laughs> yes. But but uh but anyway, I do, I, I do think that is that is interesting. I, Arian strikes me as kind of like this ornery guy who's just gonna be kind of unsatisfied with just about everything. And, you know, um, so maybe if Fournette screws up, maybe Rojo gets another another crack at it. But um I mean Fournette really iced, you know, some that game. But just yeah. by by housing some some long runs at the end, and you know that's going to be remembered. So
0: maybe a quick one here, Sean. We've already touched on Dallas a little bit, but is Ceedee Lamb the wide receiver to own there?
1: That's a good question. Is uh, he had? He's the first rookie receiver to get to 100 yards, um, and he looks really good. And the guy who statistically. Uh is the weak link <laughs> you are the weakest link right? right that's Michael Gallup, yeah, who has made a couple big plays he, I mean he made a a ridiculous catch where he got one butt cheek in before his elbow went out of bounds in this last game and they they don't win that game without that catch uh the previous week he was trusted to catch the the play that was going to help them win the game. And then, you know, whether he pushed off or not, that's a question. But he's still being trusted in those big moments. Amari uh, Cooper had at least one ridiculous catch. Um, I, <laughs> so I i think, actually, we talked about this, this offseason a little bit. Is this the... Second coming, a little bit of like the 19, 1998 Vikings offense, where you have three receivers that are all very productive. I definitely think that's possible. Gallup's going to get his. He's his numbers are down, but he's being trusted in key moments, and he's and he's come up with uh, some big plays. And the st- statistically, those numbers are are, are gonna are gonna uh, are gonna go up for him. I, I at the same time, I think C. D. Lamb is going to continue to grow as the season goes. So it's hard to say is how is everybody's slice of the pie going to share? The answer is get Dick Prescott. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Calvin Ridley. Is he the is he the top receiver for the Falcons?
0: Well, this is very similar to uh my my if you have wide receiver A or wide receiver B, you know, who's the stud? Uh, right now, Calvin Ridley has a 24% target share. He's had 22 targets over the first two games. He's turned that into 239 yards, four touchdowns so far. I
1: think that's Julio's career touchdown numbers. Isn't it?
0: <laughs> it might be. That poor guy has not had a lot of luck in the red zone. Uh, in contrast, this year, Julio has seen only 16 targets, which is a, an 18% target share, and he's converted that into 181 yards and zero touchdowns. So Ridley is just vastly outproducing Julio Jones so far. Um, like T.Y. Hilton, he also dropped a pretty easy touchdown pass this week, and you said that could be an indicator, and a first indicator of some it, slippage. Well,
1: he's getting older.
0: Right. Right. Um, but on top of that, Ridley is just a really good route runner as well. He's a good wide receiver. My prediction is, well, I will say, I think this is a trend. Is he the number one wide receiver there? Uh, I'm again, going to go out on a limb and say, yes, that he is going to, uh, win the Chris Godwin award this season.
1: <laughs> Being more valuable than the guy that everybody else thinks of. Yeah. yeah. Does, they, is that, is that, am, am I quickly identifying what that award is?
0: Yeah, it's the guy like like uh, Godwin, before his blow-up season last year, if you had said Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, well, Godwin's going to be the better receiver, people would be like, yeah, you're crazy. You're crazy. And same thing here. Uh, if you said Julio and, and Ridley, who's going to be better this season, Every uh, you know, at least ninety nine percent of people would say Julio, but I think I, it's definitely a possibility that really comes out on top this season
1: I, I think I'm going to out Chris Godwin, you're Chris Godwin and yeah. ask this next question. okay, is Russell Gage going to be more valuable than Julio that's a, that I mean and he's been very, very, very productive yeah and there that offense is they can't run the ball. So are they going to be a team that has three good wide receivers, not All unlike year. not unlike Dallas, except for Dallas has the running game. Right. And and could you have two Chris Godwins on your hands? I uh, I'm gonna say no.
0: I don't see that happening. It's <laughs> a bridge too far. But it, yeah, it's too, a bit. Yeah, it's too far. But I, you know, I think Gage could be. I did just pick up Gage in one of my leagues, and uh, I think he could be pretty good this season.
1: Yeah, I, I just I I think they're going to be throwing the ball. I'm a believer in Matt Ryan this year in terms of his overall productivity and and I think uh um yeah, I can't all go to those two guys.
0: All right, Sean. Carson Wentz has been basically unstartable so far. Uh, obviously, people have started him <laughs> but maybe regretted it. Is this the trend going forward?
1: Well, if we're talking about this year, I but the short answer, I think, is that's a trend. Uh, it's a trend. I originally, after one week, my initial take was, "Wow, that is a terrible offensive line." Well, wait till they get some, some guys uh, back. I think they were they got at least uh, one guy back for this last week, uh, and then he was terrible again. And I expected to look in the box score and see maybe not eight. Sacks or wherever he had against the Washington football team, but you know, four or five, he had zero sacks. He had, he he got sacked zero times against L.A. and uh, was just not productive <clears throat> and made a lot of mistakes. And I think, uh, I think he's a very very talented guy. So if you want to talk about in a contract league, I've I've invested in Carson Wentz. Do I need to? You know, sell my shares, etc. No, the answer is no, unless you've paid some ridiculous price for him, unless you've got him at a very high salary, something along those lines. I think the long-term prognosis is good. I'm not worried about the guy they drafted. I'm still not worried about the guy they drafted. I, I've heard some discussion, though, if they lose, I think was it play Cincinnati this week? If they, I can't remember who they play, but I think it might be Cincinnati. If he loses again. Is there going to be pressure <laughs> to bring in the rookie? Of we- course there will be. Of course there will be. The pressure in Philadelphia? Are you kidding me? They're going to be screaming, get rid of Carson Wentz. But um, his problem, he, he does overdo. I think he tries to do too much. He tries to, you know, one of the reasons why he got hurt is because when he had his really, really, really good year on their way to the Super Bowl, he he was doing everything. Uh, He was being a productive rusher and a a really good quarterback. Um, And I think that when he struggles, I think it's because he thinks he needs to win the game with every single throw. That's the kind of thing that can be adjusted. So am I concerned about him this year? Yes. Um, But I do think uh, that the, the ship will eventually will slowly get righted as he feels realizes that he's got, hey, he's got some running backs that he can dump the ball off to. He's got excellent tight ends. You know, he he still has Deshaun Jackson.
0: Would you keep starting him?
1: No, I wouldn't start him. I I would I would I would wait and see. I would I would, I, you know, I would start him if Kirk Cousins was my, was the alternative. Right, if I if I went into the season with Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins, then yeah, I'm probably still I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this out. But if I have somebody else, I'm probably gonna shift him to the back and 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 wait until I f- I feel like that ship is righted. What about you? What do you think?
0: You know, uh, you. Tried to trade me Carson Wentz this past <laughs> off season <laughs> oh, or past season, and you've well, never, you never
1: because you've never liked him, right? Yeah, and that
0: that's the only reason I bring it up. I've I've not been a huge Carson Wentz fan. Um, I did trade him. I know you did, <laughs> but so I you I know I'm, I guess I'm still in that
1: camp that he's he's just not my guy. I, that's fair. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Do we need to be rostering this guy in every league, and do we need to be excited about him? Uh, the, the short answer is no.
0: I don't think that you need to be rostering him um, and
1: excited. Maybe if you're a deep league, of course. But.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, okay. Should he be on a roster? Yes, he probably should. Um, he is producing. He's got 160 yards and a touchdown through the first two games, which is great. I yeah. they, I'd want that on my team. The problem is is he is dropping passes and Aaron Rodgers does not stand for that. And so he's seeing balls come his way now. I'm scared that's going to end for him. Um Alan Lazard dropped a ball this week as well. So Yeah. It, it might turn out that nobody sees passes in that offense except for Aaron Jones and Devontae
1: Adams. Oh, Aaron Jones had some sweet catches this last He's week. Really... If I if I'm, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I'm just like, okay. I'm just gonna like I got a wide receiver playing running back and last year we gave him, you know, twenty rushing touchdowns. This year I'm just gonna get him a whole bunch of passing yardage.
0: Yeah, he's he looks re- he's a good football player, and all of this might not really matter too much if uh, Devonte Adams is on the field. It sounds like his injury is not super serious, so he should be back on the field pretty quickly here. Um, but it's yeah, it's not that
1: turf toe that he had.
0: I don't think so. I I heard no. it's not it's not a huge concern. So I you know if MVS is on your your waiver wire, yes, I would. I would pick him up. I would not be trading for him. I don't think he's the next wide receiver too, in Green you Bay. You think
1: he's done enough that you could start trying to unload him on somebody? I mean, because that's for me what I would look for is I that's, would I would look for, hey, he's I don't expect him to to be basically keeping up this pace of eighty yards a week. Yeah. And you know somebody's going to want the next guy in Green Bay, and if you can get something for him, I I'd think trade that, him for third rounder.
0: That's I would. I would do that as well. I would try to move them if you got them. Move them Ca- if you got them. Cash, cash in on the production so far. Right. Well, that's gonna do it for our trend mirage episode, or maybe our fact or folly episode. Uh, you can let us know what you think via Twitter. I'm at Steel Pod, and I'm at
1: Steel Pod Sean.
0: Um, there's also been some good questions coming in on our Facebook group, uh, also called the Steel Pod. Uh, keep those coming in. And uh, thanks for joining us. Until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the SteelPod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at SteelPod.